Warning, we are about to spoil the first season of Preacher. If you haven't seen the show and you plan on watching it, leave now and come back later. But if you have seen it or you just don't care, then please stick around. Hey, Justin. Yeah? Tell a funny joke. I, I, I can't. I can't think of anything. Oh, come on now. I'm sure there's something up there. Tell a funny joke. I seriously got nothing, man. I mean, this, this, show, this show is a, like dark comedy, but I, I don't really got anything, I think. Tell a funny joke. <gasps> I, I still can't. everybody and welcome to cinema roulette all right we are back at it with the long series wheel and we have just finished the season of a show that justin has seen and i had not previously i've only seen the first season yeah well you still saw all of what we were reviewing so (laughs) yes i i just wanted to make that clear is that i've only seen the first season in episode one of season two for when we get to that yes i'm very very excited because justin says it's bonkers <laughs> oh yeah that that opening is a lot <laughs> yes oh i cannot wait because the show is honestly really really good i was very taken aback with how much i enjoyed it because i i thought i was gonna be like man oh, no this is pretty good no no this is really really good i'm digging it just like all our long series, all the ones we want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Hi there, s***. So anyway, um, any major noises or do we want to just get into it? <laughs> I-, I was trying to think of a clever segue to mm-hmm. say how we're going to like preach our praises or something, but yeah. we're, we're covering preacher. That's so all right. I got nothing. Hey, Mabel! very nice i'm still so excited to use uh the opening of the final episode (laughs) yeah just because we don't have to edit down or anything it's just bam there it is (laughs) well that's it and i'm gonna keep in the noise of him running and cut and the cop cars yeah that's fair that was just a hilarious way to open it (laughs) i forget if the opening changes in season two at all hmm that'll be interesting to find out um so yes, before we get into this, uh, we definitely must say that um, this show is really fucked up, for those who don't know. Should we add a slight content warning? Yeah, slight content warning on darker themes, because, like, at one point in the show there is reference to pedophilia, but there's no depiction of it. So yeah. we'll probably... We might say a few things, but nothing... I'm trying to think of anything that is directly shown in part of the plot. Yeah, because there's obviously just, like, murder and just heavy themes of existential dread and death, I think, is the main one. And then uh, suicide as well. Oh, yeah. Attempted, there, there attempted to suicide, suicide in this case, yeah. <laughs> well, and also actual suicide. True, true. <laughs> But yeah. So yeah, um, trigger warning for suicide. That's one of the that would be like a main one, I'd say. Yeah. 
And um, this is based off of a comic series by a person named Garth Ennis. And if you know anything about the man, you know how fucked up this is going to be. Yes. uh, In case you're wondering, he also helped inspire... Well, he made the comic version of The Boys. So... Yep. If you know about that show, too... You understand what this show will be. Yes, it's very similar and just with how, like, just dark and just... He has a very fucked up mind, basically. And if you know anything about Crossed or that, then yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, Justin likes Crossed. I think he was behind Punisher Max as well. I think so. I, I, I was going to say Punisher Max, but I wasn't sure. So that's why I didn't say it. <laughs> yes, uh, Punisher Max. I'm looking at the volume his awesome. name is on it yeah so, justin has showed Mushroom me some, is a great series yeah uh justin has showed me a few uh frames from um crossed it's awesome and i need to read it but jesus is it fucked up <laughs> yeah uh i'm tempted to talk about cross but we have an entire season to talk about yes so um with a lot of shit that happens mm-hmm. so yes uh shall we get into the synopsis Yes. <laughs> All right. See how long this one goes. Yeah, Jesus. I was gonna say, <laughs> one hour later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. So it's only down. a ten episode season. Yeah, it's only a ten still. episode season, but a lot happens in those ten episodes. Summary time. Editing's weird. Mm. We open in space. Anyway, <gasps> thing crash. Thing goes down to Africa. Where a man is preaching, he's suddenly hit by the force from space, and he gets up, claiming it's a miracle, and then he explodes. Yep, just straight up. Like, just gore, viscera everywhere. Yep. He, he wasn't chosen, in case you're wondering. <laughs> so then, then we're down I... in good old Texas, with Jesse, the preacher. But uh, Jesse also used to be a con. This is also a very small town in Texas. It's ever, so it's one of those towns where everyone knows everyone type deal. Yep. Like literally all the policemen, all the workers, all the people in the community, all the churchgoers, everyone knows everybody. Yeah. Uh, and after we see his service, him being told about how by a kid that his dad Ed beats his wife. Don't worry, we didn't miss a trigger warning. No. <laughs> We didn't miss a trigger warning with this one. We'll explain. We'll get to uh, that. <laughs> yeah. We go on up in the air on a nice plane with a very... It's Irish, right? Is, is what Cassidy is? Yes. Is what, yeah, he's going for Irish. Yes. With a nice Irish uh, bartender on this very fancy flight. The bartender goes to the bathroom on the plane. And finds a Bible really just drawn in, and this is a bad sign for him. So he kills everyone on the plane, since they were going to try to kill him. Yup. And that escapes the flight by just jumping off. That's it. That's all he has to do. <laughs> oh, fucking pass, Justin. What does that mean? <laughs> what did you write down? Kansas. Why did I write down Kansas? Something happens in Kansas, I assume, but... I assume... I don't remember. Mm. We also meet Emily. Emily is uh, 
the only other person who really helps at the church. Oh, right. I remember Jesse. Kansas now. Why do why did I write down Kansas? Isn't that where Tulip gets introduced? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That's why it also says another thing. That was the scene with the kids, right? Yes. Okay, so hold on. First we meet... We do also meet Emily. Emily is uh, the only other person who helps at the church with Jesse. And is the one trying to motivate him to keep this going. Because he's not good at it, but it was a promise he made to his dad. Who did who uh, fell into main character parent Itis. But in Kansas, we meet Tulip. Tulip is running from a bunch of dudes and just murdering the shit out of people. Drives through a cornfield, ends up at a farm with only kids, and is like, hey kids, you want to do some arts and crafts? The arts and crafts include a makeshift rocket launcher. <laughs> then we have an... Then we have a big epic fight. Too expensive to show. I'm only one man and I live at home. Then, like Cameron said earlier, we cut to Russia as Satanic Temple where everyone's freaking out because that spirit we saw at the beginning went into the the preacher there and also exploded. Yep, so... There's also two suited men going around to these locations. Yes, uh, one in a cowboy hat. Actually, they're both in cowboy hats, aren't they? They're both in cow... I don't know if we see the cowboy hats yet. We just kind of see yeah. their feet. So, so far, um, a Christian was not chosen, a Satanist was not chosen. What next? <laughs> what could possibly be next? Uh, Tulip makes it to Texas and has a pass with Jesse and wants Jesse to do a job with her. But he's like, I'm a preacher. I I'm trying to just be a preacher. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, Jesse... Jesse also went to talk to the mother of the kid that uh, was talking about his parents, well, his dad hurting his mother. Turns out <laughs> she's just into BDSM. Yeah, they're both really into BDSM and they are masochists. At least the mom is. <laughs> yeah, so the kid was just mishearing and it's just a sexual thing. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't quite know yet about BDSM, so... Of course it would look like, or, and or sound like he's hurting a mom. But, uh, the husband, oh, I have his name written down there. But, the husband hears about this, meets with Jesse in a bar, and tries to beat him up. But the preacher's really good at fighting and breaks the dude's arm. Yeah, and we're not talking like just break. No, no, compound fracture, bone is sticking out. Yeah, it's broken through the rest of the season. <laughs> yup. Uh, Emily bails him out of prison. He, He's thinking about quitting, uh, preaching, goes into the church by himself and tries to ask God for some type of direction. <laughs> and then the mysterious force hits him and enters him without killing him. And then before, I think we saw on the television as well that tried a Scientologist, but then they exploded as well or something. Oh, it tried Tom Cruise. Yeah, and so in this universe, Tom Cruise exploded and is dead. Yep, Tom Cruise is dead. Yeah. You know, since the show came out before uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, they'll never get that movie, which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on to... That was all episode one, by the way. Mm-hmm. We haven't even gotten to the other nine. Uh, speaking of the other nine, number two. <laughs> We're in 1881. There's 
a lone badass who uh, has a sick daughter. He needs to go to town and get her medicine. We see him. Uh, we see him walking through the desert. Uh, find some other folk who are traveling, and they're like, "Ain't this heaven?" And he's like, "No." And then we see a tree with uh, Indians hung from it, and scalped because Garth Ennis needs his gore at some point. <coughs> Native Americans. What did I say? Did Indians. I say Indians? I apologize. I apologize, Native American. Anyway, enough of flashback land. Preacher's given some baptisms. And also there's the men in gray. Yes. Don't worry about them. It's fine. Cassidy also... uh, uh, I forgot to mention, in the first episode, Jesse ran into Cassidy in the prison... Cassie healed himself by eating a cow after falling out of the plane. Don't worry about it. That's normal. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's... <laughs> uh, Cassie does come to the church, and he's basically the repairman, even though I don't think he repairs anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like the maintenance person fixing up shit. Um, also, after the baptisms, the... The town pedo admits to having bad thoughts about kids to Jesse, but Jesse can't do anything because, you know, with the church, uh, confession, you're not supposed to do anything with that information. You're just helping them get forgiveness and all that jazz. Uh, Cassie and Jesse have some bonding time. We also find out Cassie is a vampire. As the two are just gang shit-faced. Eventually, uh, Jesse drinks... What was it? It was, like, just flu... Like, chemicals. It wasn't even alcohol at that point. Yeah, it was, like, rubbing alcohol or something. <laughs> I forget. Rubbing alcohol and something leaking from the AC unit or mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> this knocks Jesse the fuck out, and Cassie takes uh, the truck. But with Jesse passed out, the men in gray show up. And they're trying to get the thing out of Jesse. They first try singing to it to get it to go back into a coffee can, and that don't work. Yep. It just don't, it doesn't want to come out. So they go with plan B, which is a chainsaw. Luckily, uh, Cassidy shows up and, sa- and saves the day, assuming the men in gray are actually after him due to being a vampire. Mm-hmm. Are you still there, by the way? Yes, I am. Okay. Just because the storm, too. It's like yes. double the... Uh, I get it. Yeah, I understand. Preacher wakes up the next day having no... Uh, Jesse kills the two men in gray. And goes and bar- chops up the bodies and buries them uh, by the hanging tree we saw in the flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse wakes up with a massive hangover, but he has a house call and go and goes ahead to deal with that. It was a girl who has like a big indent in her uh, head and she can't. Um, I'm trying. She is just in a coma, basically. Yeah. Also, Jesse doesn't realize the thing inside him has given him power, but he's going to realize it in a second. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about the scene later. Yes. 
but the original first scene that I forgot to mention. We have a really long way to go. I should rush this a bit. It's all good. Danny. Danny is the, the name of the guy whose arm he broke. Thank you. No, wait. No, Donnie, not Danny. Mm. There we are. Okay, Donnie is the one with the broken arm. Anyway, Jesse, after the house call and a bit more, uh, Jesse gets kidnapped by Tulip, who is still like, yo, I need you to do a job for me. Like, I can't do this job without you. But Jesse still says no. Also, out of anger of seeing the town pedo, he goes, he breaks into a dude's house and is going to force him to have an art baptism in a boiling tub. <laughs> and doing this, he he yells to forget uh, the one girl he is thinking about. Yep. Which is where he realizes his voice and the ability he has. The power inside of Jesse is if he is focused enough or filled with enough emotion, whatever he say says to a person, they will do. He yells at the, the dude to forget her, and he does. He completely forgets the reason Jesse was even in there, and next day doesn't even recognize the girl as a he's the bus driver of town and doesn't recognize her even though she's been going to school for years mm -hmm. so he realizes he has this power now i'm sure this can go nothing but great yeah we find out a bit more about uh jesse and tulip's past that they have a heist that went horribly wrong and in the morning, the next morning, Jesse runs back to uh, where the house call was and uses his voice to make the girl open her eyes. So she isn't, he like, out of the coma or healed, but her eyes are at least open now. So it's like a, it gives uh, the mother hope that, you know, like, spiritual healing and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesse shows Cassidy... Shows off his powers to Cassidy. Car we find out the name of the person who screwed them over was named Car in the heist was Carlos. We also found out that the the men gray are still around, even though Cassidy murdered the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> Cassidy has to kill them again. <laughs> but they come back even faster and explain to him, like, okay, we want to get the there is something in the preacher that is a power we need to get out of him. And Cassie's like, okay, I'll be your middleman. I will totally help you. He's not. He's not. Preacher almost goes with Tulip to go kill Carlos. But at gas station stop, Donnie tries to kill Preacher, but he quickly uses his voice to uh, subdue that situation. Almost making Donnie kill himself, but realizing maybe that's a bit far for someone who's supposed to be a preacher. Yeah. But after that, he heads home instead of going through with the road trip to kill Carlos. In the town as well, there is a the main source of income is a meat packing and power plant, a slaughterhouse and power slash power plant. Thanks, brain. Good job on words. <laughs> and who is run, which is run by a man named Odin, played by uh, Jack Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley, yeah. Jackie Earl Haley. I forgot it was Jack or Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. Jackie. 
Jackie. Yep, Jackie Earl Haley. But we see a man playing a nighttime game of Hunt the Hooker. Sorry, Call Girl. There you go. But things go a bit wrong when she falls into a sinkhole and drowns in shit. Literally. Don't worry about that. I'm sure that means nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cassidy tries to warn the preacher about the man Gray coming for his power, but uh, the preacher isn't listening. Uh, the church is holding a raffle because with the preacher realizing his power, he realizes he can uh, get people to believe a lot easier. And he wants to hold a big old raffle with a, a new 4K TV Cassie goes to talk to who we, the men Gray, who we assume right now are angels, because they say they are from heaven. Mm-hmm. And he's basically conning them. He's just asking them for money so he can go buy more drugs. I mean, as a vampire, he can't really die through normal means, so you know, he, he literally just does like all the drugs on the planet. <laughs> yeah, we find out about Odin uh, as meat. Basically, he runs the town since he owns the economy. And Cassie meets Tulip. Because <laughs> Tulip got pissed about uh, the woman who died in the opening of this episode. And tries to beat up the smug asshole who basically caused it. But accidentally beat up Cassie, who is also at the whorehouse. <laughs> Rushes Cassie to the hospital. And after he falls out a window and is like has glass shards in his neck but he heals up by going into the blood storage room and just sucking up a, a few bags yeah jesse invites odin to church who because he hasn't been in church for probably decades yeah and even makes a bet that if he doesn't leave a true god loving or fearing depend on i think if this is more of a god fearing church yeah if he doesn't leave a God-fearing Christian, then he can have the land of the church to expand his factory even more. Yep. He basically bets his land. He bets the land. Uh, Odin does come to church, and Jesse uses his voice to tell him to serve God, and he agrees to serve God. Mm-hmm. Uh... We go back to flashback land of 1881 with the Baz Cowboy. He makes a town of Ratwater. He He's somewhat recognized in town. He also sees in the back room of the saloon that there are people who buy scalps and may also kill you if you bring the wrong scalps. He gets the meds for his daughter. He rides back, but he sees the fine people who asked him if this place is paradise head to the same town as like, fuck, I gotta be a good person. Goes back, goes in the saloon, but it turns out they were also killing Native Americans and happily selling the scalps without anything going wrong for them. Mm-hmm. But at this point, people in the town recognize him as a Confederate soldier who was known for slaughtering a lot of people. He gets the shit kicked out of him and is about to ride back to try and deliver the mess into his dar, but a preacher in town shoots his horse, so he has to walk back and doesn't make it in time. Also, his wife is dead. I don't know how the wife died. Yeah, I know either. He just comes across both of them. 
Maybe she killed herself, I'd say? Since they killed her daughter? Yeah, since her daughter died. Yeah, that's my estimate. Yeah, it's never really made clear. Well, it, it is made a bit clear why it's so bad, but we'll get Yeah, we don't, we don't actually see the child's body, just the mother's mainly. Yeah, we see a, a crow picking at a, the child's doll, because this was still on AMC. Yeah. We can't show fucking Can't show kids. a dead children, child's corpse, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back into uh, where we are. Tulip asks Cassidy all the vampire questions that she wants. Um, Turns out they're actually pretty close to what they are in literature. It's more, well, I don't think garlic or and crosses don't really matter. Yeah, well, it's just the Bible sunlight. Did, and, so maybe they do. Well, the Bible didn't hurt him. Ah. I because he kind of laughs off the Christian thing. Right. It's right, just right. that they. It's just that the people who attacked him on the plane were like uh, hardcore monster hunters because he he's evil because he's a monster. Yeah, okay, makes sense. But yeah, sunlight does hurt them, and they do drink blood for sus sustenance. Uh, also, with the Bang Gray, they have a phone to God. It's, And they're not supposed to be down here. They don't want Heaven to know they're down here, yep. getting the thing, or that they lost the thing. But the phone has started ringing, and it has not stopped ringing. Yeah, how they describe it is it's a direct line to God's throne. Uh, there's also a person in town named Eugene. He tried to kill himself with a shotgun, but it didn't work. And now he's disfigured. Yep. Everyone refers to him as Assface. Yeah. Eugene, it, and, uh, he's been talking to Preacher and Preacher's been as nice as possible to him, like trying to help the kid out. But Eugene gets his room vandalized with the phrase, uh, to finish the job. And they even left him a shotgun, which Jesus fucking Christ. Fucking hell. Uh, but preacher helps, uh, oh. preacher helps Eugene and uses his voice to, so that way, uh, he has shown some forgiveness and people start to like him a bit more in town. Yep. Um, there's the mom whose uh, daughter with the caved-in head we saw earlier. She's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the preacher mate uh, uses his voice to make her forgive Eugene. We find out later that uh, the night he shot himself, he also shot her. That's why part of the her head is missing. Yep. Or caved in. <laughs> the Right before the angels try to pick up the phone to see what's going on, it stops ringing. Uh, Cassie also agrees to help Tulip go kill Carlos, and they they bang, even though Tulip doesn't seem too into it. Yeah. The angels meet with... And the angels also finally meet with Jesse, complaining about the middleman of Cassidy, but Jesse's like, I literally... This is the first time I've ever met you or heard about you. Yeah. Also, Odin uh, served God by killing murdering his competi meat competition that was going to buy the factory. Yep. So he, uh... <laughs> Are we going to talk about that scene? Well, we'll talk about that scene yeah. later. We still... He just okay, uh, takes out a... Uh, 36. We're fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, he just takes out a shotgun to Mersinal. <laughs> yep. 
the angels explain to him, though, that the power inside Preacher is called Genesis. It is during the never-ending war of angels and demons. An angel and demon got together and had a baby, which is what Genesis is. Neither heaven or hell is supposed to know about it, because if anyone has this power, they're basically more powerful than God. Yeah, it's like the most powerful um, thing in the universe, basically. And that's also why it's alive in Jesse, because he's a con, but a preacher, so yeah. it balances out good and evil. Yeah, he has a good balance of good and evil, So since it was created from angels and demons. <laughs> However, as the they're all talking at a bar, a woman shows up. And she's acting very odd. She's a ser- uh, she's a seraphim, yep. who is also after the preacher. A big fight happens with uh, the angel's preacher versus this one seraphim. And if any of these people die, they will come back to life pretty quickly, like less than a minute. <laughs> so just body after body after body piles up until Cassidy finally shows shows up. They fight a bit more and then finally are able to apprehend the Seraphin and just chop off her limbs to and keep her alive, but not able to do anything. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know what a Seraphim is, it's that uh, if you've ever seen biblically accurate angels, it's the one with all the wings. <laughs> don't worry. I really wish she said, do not be afraid when she showed up. But right. Anyway. That would have been kind of cool. Uh, Preacher also is like, yeah, I'm keeping Genesis. You guys don't know where you're going to keep it. And I'm pretty sure if uh, God doesn't want me to have it, he can come and take it back. Yep. And then tells the angels to stay away from him with, with his voice. Yes. His power. Preacher sets up a big speaker at the, the church because he's going to... It, uh, the church is getting more and more popular. And Eugene is actually making some friends in town. And they're like, you think it's going to go bad when they uh, bring him into a tunnel. But it's just to show off uh, some cool fireworks. And within Dark Tunnel, it's like a, it seems like a bigger show than it is. Mm-hmm. But Eugene goes to the church and talks to Preacher and is like, I don't feel like I deserve this kindness. And Preacher, being a bit on edge after everything, gets angry of at Eugene for constantly asking for more or seeming to not... He feels that Eugene doesn't really want his life to be fixed and accidentally snaps sent, and says, go to hell, Eugene, with the power of Genesis, and Eugene disappears. Yep, he just tells him to uh, go to hell, and there he goes. Cassie saw... Uh, was up in the balcony of the church, so he saw this. Um, we also get a flashback, not to 1881, but to uh, Jesse's childhood. And Tulip actually lived with Jesse and his father, his father who was uh, the original preacher at this church. But eventually the dad called child services to take Tulip away because her family is known for just always being a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse is just generally angry now, mostly for saying a person in hell be- and constantly being told what to do when he feels like he could do whatever he wants. 
And Odin comes in and says, okay, uh, give me a church now. Because I'm not a Christian. And he's like, but I told you to serve God. Yeah, I serve the God of meat. Yep. It was a very pedantic way. It's like, yeah, you should have been a little more specific, preacher, that it was the Christian God you were referring to. Yeah. Or I guess in this universe, it would be the true God. Yeah, there's, there are other ways to phrase it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Jesse tells him to fuck off, and Owen's like, okay, I'll be back. Then we have a tense dinner with Emily, Cassidy, Tulip, and Jesse. Jesse just in a bad fucking mood. Yep. Uh, Cassie brings Preacher outside and kind of talks about sending Eugene to hell and shows off what, like, he tried to tell Jesse a few times that he was a vampire, but usually Jesse was drunk or he said in a rather joking manner. Mm-hmm. But here he tr- decides to show it by stepping out into the sun and bur- giving Jesse a fire extinguisher and burning in front of him. Jesse comes back to the dinner table without Cassidy, and Tulip's like, where the fuck is he? <laughs> Tulip leaves, uh, pissed at Jesse. She actually, we don't see this right now, but she grabs uh, Cassidy and drags him off to go heal him. Because the preacher did put him out, but didn't drag him back inside. <laughs> Emily also just leaves him because he's in a sour fucking mood. Well, we find out about Odin why Owen left the church is because he lost his family. It, his family was off on a skiing trip and they all died in a, uh, Oh, what are those things called? What? The, the, tr- the ski lift thing. I think it is literally just a ski lift. I think there's a more specific term for the, the whole, uh, the one that holds more than two people where it's not just a seat by, I can't remember it, right. but yeah, they died in a ski lift accident. Mm-hmm. And due to seeing that the meat of a person and the meat of a cow are the same, it made him, and like there being no sign of a soul or what what the person used to be in the body, he, he contacted Jesse's dad and kind of like just had a whole fucking uh, mental breakdown, which is why he left the church. Also why he killed Jesse's dad. Yeah. Okay, so it, the, it's a cable mm-hmm. car is a common term for it. Okay, that's what I was kind of trying to think of. But yeah, and it, technically it's called an aerial lift because a cable car is like one of those things in the streets of San Francisco. Hmm. Gondola. I mean, gondola. There we there are. There it is. <laughs> uh, preacher this whole time has kind of just been staying in church alone. He also broke, he broke through the floor where... Uh, Eugene disappeared and dug a bit yelling at hell to give him back. And it seems to work. Mm-hmm. Eugene co- Eugene uh, comes out of the ground and is given wa- a lot of water. But as he, him and Preacher talk, he realizes Eugene knows too much. And then realizes Eugene is not actually there. Mm-hmm. It is not explained if this is... Uh, Genesis doing something if he's just fucking crazy or if it is a spiritual image of Eugene. Yeah, like it's kind of implied that he's crazy because Eugene says something like, oh, looks like you're not the only crazy one. But at the same time, it's never really directly said. (laughs) 
Yeah. We, we, for all we know, it just could just be the spiritual entity fucking with him. So, <laughs> uh, Odin and the factory workers are about to do a siege on the church, but the uh, the first group that goes in, Preacher immediately beats up and disarms, saying them back out. Yeah. And then the second group that try to attack, he uses their guns against them and shoots someone's dick off. Yeah. So everyone backs off for a good bit. Uh, Preacher calls up the angels, who we found out are uh, just heaven's janders, and they were supposed to watch over Genesis, but fucked it up. Yep, so they're down here kind of in secret just trying to get it again. Uh, and Preacher willingly lets them extract Genesis with the music. Genesis is out for like 30 seconds before it breaks out of the coffee can and goes right back into Preacher. Yep, and they're like, well, that sells it then, because Preacher asks, because the deal he made with them is, okay, I'll let you extract the thing if you can get Eugene out of hell. You said it was possible. Yeah. So... Yes, they do say it's possible to get someone out of hell. It's just really hard. I will. I want to put a pin in that. Remember, I put a pin there. Mm -hmm. That it's hard to get someone out of hell. <laughs> um. Also, we saw, we see Donnie with the mob. He goes into the back of his car, lifts the trunk, and seemingly shoots himself in the head. However, later, after, uh, as Preacher's just sitting inside, bullets are coming through the walls but not hitting him and he fires back, Donnie sneaks in and Preacher tries to use his voice to make him put the gun down, but it doesn't work. Donnie shot the gun in the closed space of the trunk to go deaf, so yep. that way the voice can't affect him. Pretty clever, honestly. So Preacher is caught and he asks for... Uh, one last deal of like, okay, I will contact God myself. He will be in this room. We can all ask him questions. If we don't like the answers, fuck it. You can have the church. Odin still basically says no and sends Preacher to prison. Before we also, uh, Eugene was the sheriff's son. So that's not helping his case either. Mm -hmm. Quick flashback land in 1881 again. Uh, the lone, the lonesome man grabs his gun from his home and goes back to town and just fucking slaughters everyone in the tavern. Yep. Or saloon. Literally everybody dies. He just kills everybody. But before he does, he makes a, uh, um, an Asian person who was there basically for entertainment. He forces him to finish the song while he just murders everyone around him. And then finally just chops his fucking head off. Yeah, like it's a pretty brutal scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure hope I don't have to watch something like that again. Mm. Anyway, uh Preacher's on his way to jail as the sheriff is asking, like, okay, where's my son? It's like, I told you you went I sent him to hell. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he thinks but that with... that means he killed him. And he's like, Well, they don't treat people nice in prison who kill children. Yeah. And as he's going through his speech, Preacher, being a past con, is able to break out of his handcuffs, dives out of the car, and is basically in hiding at the moment. Mm -hmm. The angels have fully given up and are planning to go to hell for some reason. Or yeah. uh, janders, I should call them. They're we not, don't know they say they're not angels. Well. Yeah, we don't know if it's for Eugene. We don't know what their motives are yet. We just know that they are going to hell. 
Well, I don't think... It's pretty implied that it's not for Yuji. It yeah. seems more like they're trying to escape because they fucked up so hard. Yeah. Uh, where were we? All right. Did we get to the scene where it explains how they are going to get to hell yet? Uh, Did we get to that or not? Oh, yeah, that happens where they go to a travel agency. Yeah. Literally just a travel agency that can happen to book them to hell. And, like, they even need fake IDs, like, okay, uh, what are your occupations? Someone might ask. A serial killer, and I forget what the other one was. Yeah. Uh, Tulip decides to go off on her own to murder Carlos. The angels are sitting there back in the motel room, debating just calling heaven or uh, going to hell. And then one of them's just like, hey, tell you what, we'll flip a coin on it. So they flip a coin, and do double or nothing, because, you know, they want to call heaven. They go to call heaven, but the phone is gone. Mm-hmm. Turns out he left preacher it under stole. the bed. Yeah, he left it under the bed, but yeah, Preacher came in and took it. So he was like, ew, looks under the bed anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tulip also, before going to murder, we find that she has held Cassidy in her uncle's home and was slowly feeding him pets. To try and give him blood to heal him. So sad. Like, we see, um, I think, what's the first time we see a dog die? Yeah, it was like a big dog. And then the second one's a poor little guinea pig. So sad. It's implied to be like a bunch of animals she's oh, been yeah. feeding him. Yeah. She, she's like, don't go to Petco. They're on to me there. <laughs> yeah, Emily comes over to help out. Well, she didn't know what she was getting into, but Tulip's literally like, Okay, uh, Cassie's in the back room. He's a vampire. You just need to feed him. Whenever you hear him awake, just feed him one of these things. He's slowly healing. I need to go murder someone. So she leaves to go murder Carlos. She literally just tells her, too. She's like, where where are you off to? She's like, I'm going to go kill a man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Really quickly, a subplot that I didn't cover too much. The mayor of the town, he, one, he helped cover up the murders Odin did on the Compeen Meat Factory. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, uh, the mayor had had a massive crush on Emily. Emily, after uh, catching a glimpse of what Cassidy looks like, calls up the mayor acting like she needs help and she's in this house. She tricks him into going into the back room and being eaten by Cassidy so he can heal. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, The sheriff finds the motel room since the... heavenly janitors left and they they found the seraphim you know chopped up but still alive in the bathtub yeah they she, just chopped she off bakes her... for death mm. oh sorry i was just gonna say they just chopped off her limbs because they need to keep her alive because she can do the whole coming back thing yeah they cauterize them so she doesn't bleed out but she begs the sheriff to kill her and he does so she revives behind him but he doesn't see it uh, Jesse just so happens to end up at the house Cassidy is in. Like, this isn't explained why he made it here. <laughs> but, uh, he talks to Cassidy, they kind of make up, and then they go to hide the sheriff's body. <laughs> While also digging up the original limbs of when Cassie first killed the Jander Angels, because so that way he can, uh, take one of their hands in order to use the phone to heaven. Mm-hmm. 
Then we go back to 1881 and we see a recap of everything that happened. And then we see it again and it keeps looping over and over. Turns out this is hell. The per uh, the person we've been seeing, this is his own personal hell and he just has to keep living through it over and over again. But the two the two show up in hell and they make him an offer like, hey, we need you. We'll get you out of here. You need to go up to the surface and kill the preacher. But they took too long to explain this, and they, he, uh, this, I don't think we get his name. I'm just going to call him a hitman from hell. Yeah, um, we don't really get his name. He's just the cowboy, but now they turned him into a hitman. Oh, they did give him a nickname of, like, because of uh, what he did, but I can't remember it. Right, right, right. Either way, they hire the hitman, and also, I'm pretty sure one of the angels is dead, because we do see at the end of the show, like, one of them comes out of hell, but the one that was shot in the face does not. Uh, the Saint of Killers is what they call him. Okay. I don't, I don't think that's what uh, the people in Ratwater called him. No, but that's Ra probably the name. No, in Ratwater, they called him the Butcher of Gettysburg. Okay. Uh, what's his name going to be? Because he's clearly going to be the rest of the show, yeah. or at least next season. The Saint of Killers. Okay, the Saint of Killers. Uh, but yes, they hire him. And finally, we're on the final episode, guys. We're almost done here. <laughs> God, we get a countdown of God coming back in 17 hours. Tulip is looking for Jesse and finds him in uh, Donnie's home. But not being held hostage or anything, Donnie was like, well, he spared my life, so I'll spare his and let him. And I was letting him hide out here. Until Sunday. Uh, Cassie got dragged to prison by the sheriff because the sheriff knew uh, he was friends with the preacher. But also due to looking in the Manila folder. <laughs> that we find out Cassie's been doing shit since the 40s. And the sheriff also figures out that Cassie is a vampire. So sits down with a thermos of blood and keeps shooting Cassie till he gets the answers he wants. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> you know he can regenerate, so he just keeps giving him blood to regenerate. Yeah, and oddly, Cassie, like, gets really buddy-buddy with it. Yeah, it's it's so funny. <laughs> we do also finally see the heist uh, Jesse, Tulip, and Carlos took place in. They were robbing a bank, but due to uh, Jesse... And Tulip being in love while also making fun of Carlos, who failed at hitting on a, a male per, uh, a, po a post woman, yeah. I guess. Post office worker or whatever you want to refer to him as. <laughs> yeah. He, he just got jealous and released yeah. a, a, um, a security guard who was able to call the cops and everything went fucking tits up. There was but literally... There was also Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, mm -hmm. there's literally no other reason than he just says, you guys were happy. That's why I did it. <laughs> yeah, he admits that later. But there was also the problem of Tulip was pregnant, but due to the events that happened, we don't even really see uh, everything going to shit. We just hard cut to the uh, Carlos running away as Jesse and Tulip are outside being like, well, shit. <laughs> but the due to everything that happens, this also killed Tulip's baby. Yeah. Um, Tulip 
was uh was about to torture the hell out of Carlos, but when Jesse was originally talking with Cassie before they hit the body, he called up Tulip and basically apologized, saying that he still wants to be with her and all that jazz, which caused her to bring Carlos down there in her trunk. And Jesse is about to kill him after Tulip keeps saying to kill him, but then Tulip changes her mind right as Jesse's about to blow his brains out. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they still wanted revenge and beat the ever-living snot out of Carlos. <laughs> like, his face is just fucked and he's hardly walking, but technically they didn't kill him. Uh, Cassidy is let let free. They, um, Donnie's wife tricks the cops to get away from the church so that way they can get everything right. His wife also understands completely how to use the phone. I, okay. It's weird. She just kind of knows how to use it. Yeah, she's like, oh, that's a video projector, and that's uh, how to do a uh, speaker. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. That's never explained, by the way. She just knows. Mm -hmm. And then, on Sunday, they call God and ask questions. They ask the usual questions after uh, showing that they kind of have enough balls to yell at God. He's like, okay, you got balls. Ask away. Yep. And something just feels off to Jesse, especially when God picks his nose. Yeah, well, God picks his nose and something tips him off. And he says, like, so where's Eugene at the moment? Oh, he is up here with me. He was like, really? Because I kind of sent him to hell, like, quite literally. <laughs> yeah, I, I used my power to send him to hell. And then he uses the voice on God. <laughs> on God, Ooh, quote unquote. And uh, he admits he isn't God. Hell, the angels up there don't know where the hell God is. They don't know if he, he's down in hell, if he's somewhere in heaven, yeah. if he's on earth. There, God is completely missing. Yep. So the angels are still there. People are still in heaven. But God himself is missing in this universe. And I'm sure that a whole town of God-fearing Texans is going to take this well. They don't. <laughs> Bop, bop, um, bop, bop, bop. After, after this, uh, and the, like the people, the angels in heaven hang up, uh, take the guy away and hang forcibly hang up the phone. Um, our main trio just leaves town. They're like, we're done here. And the town goes to hell. Pe uh, people kill them themselves. The, the kids of the town murdered the town pedophile. Which is nice. I'm glad he got his comeuppance. And also, the way the town was powered was through, uh, was through cow shit. Like, there was a mass vat of it underground that was, that used the methane from there to make power. Yeah, and we're but talking the person, like gigantic fucking literal river of shit. So much. However, the person who was controlling that uh, either passed out or died while having sex. And the pressure builds so much that the town just gets shit nuked and everyone is dead. Yep, that's it. Everyone's dead. The town gets shit nuked and we see the church just get blown away in a giant atomic explosion. Sadly, it is not done in a giant fart noise. 
that would have been so great oh my god <laughs> i think that would have been too much though yeah <laughs> um Je uh jesse tulip and cassidy decide that they are go going to go on a road trip to try and find god and either help him or if they he doesn't want their help beat the shit out of him yeah their whole mission is to find god uh, Jesse also shows off his power of tulip, which gets him a slap in the face. We see the Seraphin alive for a moment before her chest, she's shot through the chest by, what'd you say his name was again? Um, the Saint of Killers. Uh, he, she is shot by the Saint of Killers. So the Seraphin might still be around. I don't know if those bullets like just straight up killed her or mm -hmm. whatnot. We'll see it probably next season. But he is also out of hell, now hunting the crew. The season ends. Yep, so it's a bit of a cliffhanger, but not too bad. The first immediate arc did end. <laughs> anyway, where do we start? <sighs> Man. Because um, there is a lot to fucking tackle. Um, well, first off, I want to say, like, I don't know how accurate it is. We've never read the comics, but this definitely, like, it feels like a Garth Ennis, like, production, doesn't it? Like, kind of how the boys were. Oh, yeah, from all that I've read of him and from the other adaptations I've seen, this is strictly him. Oh, yeah. Like, they do such a good... Like, it's... I don't even know where to start. I just really love the style of it, the story, the characters. There's just so many things to unpack here. It might take a while. So, um... Yeah, it's honestly impressive on how... Like, this show should come across as far too edgy or too dark, but yeah. it has such a good balance with dark comedy. Yes. Where it doesn't get too overwhelming. Yeah, like, that ending, especially, I'm like, man, I'm surprised they got away with an ending that fucking bleak on network television. Like, especially for something that was shown on network television. It's excruciatingly, like, gory and brutal and just heavy with its themes. Like, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, like... Now, I remember... The, oh, sorry. No, what are you going to say? I was going to say, I remember, like, you said you were eager for me to watch it as well, because you were like, well, as a Christian, uh, do you find this super offensive? No. <laughs> it's its its own... It's not supposed to be a portrayal of our universe, clearly. I mean, for fuck's sake, in the beginning, Tom Cruise explodes because Genesis went into him. Like, it's... Uh, like, if you find this offensive, I mean, I'm sorry. Tom Cruise might still explode from something yes. else. In outer space. Exactly. But, like, this is not supposed to be our world. This is clearly a different universe, uh, Garth Ennis's universe. It's not... It's his version of God and all that, and I just find it fascinating. So... Well, I guess it's not his version of God. God's still missing. Yeah, still missing. But we So we haven't really seen his version of God yet, but it's just interesting how this world works, and I was fascinated by the lore and just how everything comes across because they i think the reason the tone works so well is because yeah, of just uh, huh across hey <laughs> but hey. i think the reason it works so well is just because it balances its tone so well between the super serious super fucked up scenes and honestly really funny dark humor i loved the dark humor in this series <laughs> yeah like when you uh, Discord glitched at one point, made Cameron super loud, and it was during when uh, the two guys' dick shot off. And he's like yeah. carrying it, and like, 
shot my dick. It was a good yeah. shot. I just found it funny because it was so casual. I was like, yeah, it's a good shot. Later, you hear him like mumbling in the background, and he just goes, oh, look at that little guy. <laughs> it's, it's so darkly humorous. It's great. I love it. And just... Everyone does such a good performance uh, here. All the actors do a fantastic job. Everyone is memorable. <laughs> Especially Cassie. Cassie's probably the oh, best character. Cassidy is fucking hilarious. He does such a good job with that. Um, the actor who played Cassidy is actually British, but he does do a fantastic Irish accent. <laughs> yeah, not going too ham on it. Yeah, so he is so much fun. He's probably one of my favorite characters in it, honestly. It's hilarious. Um, just, just so I don't forget about the pin. Okay, angels say, oh, it's really hard to get someone out of hell. Yeah. Took them one fucking trip to get the one guy out, though, huh? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> How about Took less that? than a day to go down there and get that guy out of there. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> like, honestly, people. Like, come on. <laughs> but... Yeah, and I just, I love the job that everyone does. The acting is phenomenal, and just technical-wise, the show is amazing. Like, especially for network television, cinematography is fucking gorgeous, almost, like, art housey in some scenes. Yeah, there are some absolutely beautiful shots of this de of this small, like, run-down town. Yeah. Because the first season, at least, takes place entirely in this rundown town. And the world building that they do, getting you introduced to everybody, their motives, what everyone does in the town, is so well done. It's very similar to, like, Twin Peaks or something akin to that, where you're introduced to all these characters and what they do in this small town. And just how the town kind of runs. And the hierarchy, and just, you get a sense of where everyone is in this town. Like... Yeah, but you still, for the first season, you can't predict what's going on to happen next it oh yeah keeps you very much on your toes which helps so much that was one of my favorite things about this season is once shit starts to go down it, it goes down really heavily like and it does a really good job of not of giving you like hints of information but not too much information that reveals everything you kind of on edge like oh my gosh what's this character gonna do how is this going to affect things because when he uses the voice on jackie earl haley and he says oh follow god very vague instructions. And then he shotguns the guy. I'm like, what are his motives? What is his logic? What, how is this serving God? It's so well done, just t from a tension standpoint as well. Like, I could never know where the show is going to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did forget to mention where he first accidentally used his voice. There was a man in town who constantly complained to him about uh, his, his mother trained him like shit. Mm-hmm. And Preacher gives it, keeps giving him the advice of, oh, show her your heart. Open up your heart to her. Yeah. And then he does that by accident with his, uh, with the power of Genesis. And at the end of the first episode, the dude flies down to Florida, sees his mother, and admits everything that she, like, everything that she does that annoys him. Yeah. And then tears his heart out of his chest. Literally reaches into his chest, rips his heart out, and dies in front of her. It's pretty fucked, and that sets the tone. It's like, oh, okay, so the power is quite literal in its thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, the person that first episode, if you watch the show and you're like, why does he look familiar? Uh, if you've seen the college humor sketch, if Google was a guy, it's the yep. same actor. That's him. <laughs> Great character actor. I forget his name, though. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, just the amount of mystery in the show, like the 1881 thing, I completely forgot about that subplot. Yeah. So it was interesting, like, okay, what the fuck's going on with this? You keep showing it. It's clearly near the town, mm-hmm. but why? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is the same town, but why are we here? It turns out they uh, uh, tie together quite well in the end. So, but yeah, everyone does great work. Um, and just, I, I guess, tying into that a bit, too, the makeup and gore is phenomenal. Oh, fucking fantastic. Yeah, like, Jesus. And just brutal. So fucking brutal. <laughs> like, oh, I love it. I like, because me and Justin are both gore hounds. Such good gore. Such good gore. <laughs> I think even in the 1881 slaughter, like, they were using CGI, but due to the lighting yeah. of the scene... It, it still looked good or it looked genuine enough to not be like, oh, great, CGI blood. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. And it's because, too, they do use a really good mix of practical and CG blood. But when the CG blood's there, it looks great. I don't think there were any effects that really stood out to me as looking bad. So <laughs> I think the decapitation at the end of the slider looked slightly yeah, wonky, but that's little, me. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. But it wasn't like, ha ha, that effect's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't, like, sci-fi channel bad. Yeah, no, it's really well done. And the makeup for uh, Eugene, I think his name, right? Uh-huh. Really well done, really messed up. Same with the uh, daughter with the head. Like, I don't know if that was a mix of CG or something, but it looked really good. Yeah, the concave skull. Yeah, which is just always fucked. There's no way around that. That is always just, ugh, hate it, hate it. <laughs> um... I don't know how to fucking segue into this scene. It's the scene that sticks with me from this season since I originally watched it. Yeah, the scene with uh, Jackie Earl Haley's character. um, Odin. Odin, thank you, in flashback. And yeah, that is just fucked. That scene stuck with me, too. (laughs) Yeah, just him, because the preacher's dad comes in to, to talk to him about his loss. And he's gutted a cow and is has torn apart one of the corpses. Apparent, I think he says of his daughter. Yeah, because like he 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 pulls up uh, two intestines and he's like, "Which one's the cow? Which one's my daughter? They look the same." Yeah, and he's just saying it. They're all like he just keeps kind of repeating. They're all it's all meat. Mm-hmm. They're all meat. It's just it's so fucked. He was like, I looked inside. I couldn't find anything. And he has this horrible existential uh, thing where uh, that whole incident ends up turning him away from Christianity. And he (laughs) he does not believe in God (laughs) because like literally family dies in a freak accident. What the hell? Uh, Yeah. And Jackie Earl Haley's performance sells it so fucking well. I really want to see more of him because he's such a good character actor. I had seen him previously, like, I know people probably know him from the shitty-ass Nightmare on Elm Street remake. He was Freddy, but I... No, most people would know him from Watchmen, probably. Watchmen, yeah. He played Rorschach in Watchmen, and he was in another show I watched called uh, Human Target. Also does such a good job. He's, like, one of the most badass characters in that series. Nice. Yeah, I just, I want to see more of him. He's great in this, and he he does a great job. He does a great job playing the very hammy villain. (laughs) Well, we're not going to see more of him here. (laughs) 
No, I knew that, but I'm just saying, like, in general, <laughs> in general, I want to see more of him. Not in the show. Sorry. I should have specified. <laughs> yeah, there's a slight problem with that. Show Nuke yeah. again? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I knew. Trust me. That, that's, that's fine. <laughs> Actually, the final moments of him are also super fucked. He has... Uh the the child's clothes just filled yeah. with uh ground just, ground beef and is holding it in his lap as the town goes up it's like shaped he has it like shaped in like his daughter's face or something like he shaped it at like a person and is just holding it it's really fucked up <laughs> but yeah literally like he just had his family's remains shipped back to him in all these boxes and jesus christ that scene was fucked <laughs> editing is weird yeah but yeah, no, just overall fantastic job and just so engaging. Everything about it is very well done. Like, <laughs> it, it's just solid. I, I, I was just engrossed in this world and it does such a good job of building up. I don't know. That's basically my takeaway from the first season. And again, I liked it so much more than I thought I would. I, was, I thought it was just going to be like, meh, okay, this is cool, fucked up, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. This is really well done, really well written. Um, and I w- just a weird fact, I just remembered Seth Rogen helped produce the show. Yeah, Seth Rogen is one of the main reasons this show got off the ground. Yeah, he was at, he was apparently a really big fan of the comics and really pushed hard for it. So that's why he's credited as a producer, is he kind of helped get it going. <laughs> yeah. And I was surprised how well, because I remember liking the first season, but it's been a while. I was like oh, is this actually going to just turn out to be really cringily dark? Mm-hmm. No, it ba- like we said, it balances it well with the comedy. Yes. And the performances push it through to sound genuine when it needs to. Exactly. Nothing sounds hammy. Nothing sounds too heavy-handed or ham-fisted. No, it's really well done. <laughs> solid writing, solid story progression, just solid everything all around. I'm genuinely liking it, and I'm genuinely excited for season two. Like, I... It's just, I don't know. That's basically my takeaway from it. Like, I want to say more, but I've said pretty much everything that are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, it... I'm happy it holds up, and I am excited to watch more Season 2, just to... Because since they're probably going to be out on the open road or whatnot, yeah. things can get crazier. Yeah, because that's the thing. I love that setup for Season 2. Okay, boys, God's missing, Let's go on a road trip and find the motherfucker. <laughs> I'll also uh, give the show this. It has cliffhangers, but they aren't fucking mean a lot of the time. It's yeah. like intriguing enough to get you ready for next episode, but it's not like really going to make me wait a fucking week to watch the next one. Yeah, there were a couple that were bad. Like there, there was the one, the one that sticks out in my mind is when the turning point, when he sends Eugene to hell, that one was pretty bad. I was like, Oh no, what's going to happen? <laughs> well, I think that was just a uh, season midpoint. Yeah. I, I was letting that one slide a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. It, it's not, it's nothing bullshit. It's not like, Oh, character gets shot. End of episode. <laughs> As uh, like, oh, the preacher has a revolver shoved in his mouth. The trigger's about to be pulled and credits. Yeah, no, it doesn't pull that bullshit, thankfully. It's <laughs> which I also think really helps with the pacing. <laughs> yeah. And even though it's only 10 episodes, they jam pack it with like, even though it took me an hour to summarize, there's still a bunch of subplots yep. going on, a bunch of character moments that I didn't get to. Every episode is packed with a bunch of stuff to look at and uh, like 
build this world. It's great. Yeah, it's really, really well done, and I definitely highly recommend it. So, <laughs> if you can stomach it, uh, yeah, if you can cause... stomach it being the key word, <laughs> this is not a show for the faint of heart for sure. <laughs> yeah, it like we enjoy this type of stuff. We enjoy this level of dark yeah not everyone will no we will fully admit that this is not for everybody it just happens to not only be a very fantastic show it also happens to tickle our little interest uh, bone you know <laughs> tickle the interest bone. i don't know i had something but then i fucked it up so <laughs> i don't know don't quote that i don't want that as a quote no <laughs> please don't <laughs> guess what's going in the description shit <laughs> will this uh, will this show tickle their interest bone <laughs> find out next week same bat time same bat channel <laughs> but yeah I'm I do think it kind of sucks that Emily is just gone though I yeah. kind of like the dynamic between her Tulip and Jesse but I did yeah, too just, yeah she, he's dead that is just something to mention, too, with just how dark it goes at the end is just everyone is dead except Preacher, Jesse, and Tulip. That whole town, gone. All the characters that we were introduced to, all the things that we built up, gone. That town is no more. This is an ex-town. <laughs> this is an ex-person. Exactly. <laughs> Which also balls. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's a thing from the comic or whatnot but honestly having the balls to kill off not 95 percent of your cast it'd be yeah. like okay we're starting a new next season holy shit yeah <laughs> honestly like they, they it literally does completely change the dynamic of the show and i am genuinely excited to see where it goes honestly i think if we didn't have the diner scene of them well, saying of season two and also joking around a bit. Yeah. It would have it would have kind of fallen flat on its face by going too dark. Yeah, I am glad they had that little epilogue there. And I think that is, like, you're right, what kind of saved the tone of the show, definitely, is it does just go for this, like, straight-up, darkly humorous ending. Like, it, it, like all this, like, serious shit going down, and then the ending's just kind of, ha-ha, everyone's dead. <laughs> It's like, well, time to find God. Yeah, and then they add that diner scene, which does have a nice little conclusion there. And I don't even know if they know the town's gone because they walk out as the thing's playing on television like, oh, yes, this town was nuked. <laughs> I think I think they probably still would have... Well, Preacher stayed back long enough to still probably hear it. True, true. <laughs> but yeah, I it's mean, just... Not like much matters. God's fucking missing. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I just... It was such a, just a ballsy ending and such a bleak ending. And again, one I'm just surprised and happy they got away with on network television. Huh. Props to the show. Yeah, honestly. Like, goodness gracious. I think that's about it. Oh, wait. The fucking, a we haven't even mentioned the action scene. Oh, did we not? Yeah, the action scenes are phenomenally done when they happen. Like, brutal, just 
over the top, just phenomenal. Like there, there's the initial church fight uh, between the two hitmen and uh, Cassidy. I don't think we really see that, but yeah, they just kind of go ape. But yeah, the one that sticks out in my mind is the one with the seraphim, where they just keep killing mm-hmm. each other. The bodies keep appearing. They just, just by the end of the fight, there's like twenty bodies on the ground of just them regenerating. <laughs> You literally cannot see the floor anymore. There yeah. are so many bodies. And it's so fucking cool how they have it done is they're showing the fight that kind of zooms out through the hole that they made in the one wall when they shot through it. And you just see everyone flying. You hear the sound effects. And in one of the funniest fucking cuts in the movie, they finally got him down because he's like, no, 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 don't kill him. Hold her down or whatever. And he comes and shoots guy. He's like, hey, you're welcome. You guys invite me to, a, you know, fight. Or you were having a fight and you didn't invite me. What the hell? Comes back and you just hear off screen like Cassidy screaming and then the fight going again as it's on the motel sign outside and you see like the flashes from the body <laughs> them reappearing oh it's funny yeah so, um, I also do love in the church fight when Preacher disarms everyone we don't see it yeah. you see some gunshots go off and there's um oh where they a stained glass window of Noah's Ark and the muzzle flashes are in the clouds above, yeah. so it looks like thunder. It's just really just a cool. lovely touch. Yeah, there's nice little touches here and there that it does, and it's so cool. Yeah, action sequences when they happen, because this is a the first scene's a lot slower, a lot more build up, but when they happen, holy shit. I think even calling this season slow is is yeah. being a bit disingenuous. It is being disingenuous because it's again it's so well paced. But yeah, there aren't a lot of fight scenes at the beginning. There's more towards the middle. Like there, yeah, there's the one on the plane with uh, Cassidy. That one's rad as fuck. <laughs> oh, that one had like such Edgar Wright yeah. energy to it. Like the movement of everything going oh, on. So cool. <laughs> and Cassidy fucking stabs a dude with a broken wine bottle then <laughs> pops off the cork to get a glass of blood oh it's great yeah it's like again it's a little dark humor and touches like that that make this show Mwah, in my eyes <laughs> yeah uh it's so nice to watch a show where it's just like dialogue is great the action yes. is great the story yes. is great the pacing is great it's Everything. just so well put together yes and i really i don't know anything about the other seasons again except for episode one of season two yeah I really hope we don't have a bad season i really hope we don't as well so like it's gotten pretty solid reviews across all seasons from what i've seen but so yeah that was preacher uh, i think that's yeah, about I, it huh i think that's it all right yeah Yay! So, I hope you enjoyed this hour and a half long episode. Honestly, we did pretty good time-wise. It's an hour 27 right now. Yeah, and that will probably be cut down to hour 15, maybe? Probably. So. (laughs) Anyway, um, in case you're new here, (laughs) we aren't... Well, next episode's gonna be a movie, whenever we're on. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think next is uh, Blue Steel, actually. Ah. So, yeah, because this will be after Zero Dark Thirty. We don't record in order, also, if you're new. Yep. But if you're new to TV stuff, we cover a long series. This long series is Preacher, where we'll cover that season either in one part like this or we'll split in two parts. And then in between those, we will cover a shorter series. Something that we can usually cover in three to four episodes. Yep. No, wait, I think it's three to five is what we decided on. Yes. 
Sometimes he... Or one to five, I guess. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> we're going to spin the short series wheel. It's covered in anime and British series and American series that only ran two seasons. Yep. Or less. Sometimes three, but again, it's, it's a whole thing. We have a pedantic reason for stuff to be on here. We're going to do the wheel thing, though. Yay! I think we... If you want more of an explanation, I think uh, Samurai Jack Season 4 is where we also explain it. Yep. Explain the rules of the short series wheel. But then you have to listen to all the Samurai Jack episodes, which are available on all podcast apps. There it is. And sometimes YouTube. Samurai Jack isn't yet, but and it will be. sometimes YouTube. Well, according to the plans, Cameron has currently texted me. They should be up by the time this episode is out. Yes. That's the goal I'm setting for myself. Because I already have ten that are done that I'm going to upload. A whole ten that are done. And then I'm going to finish the rest of them sometime here soon. Because the files are still on my old laptop, which is a piece of garbage at the moment. <laughs> Literally falling apart. Well, Samurai Jack isn't on your no, old laptop. Not. That's on the new computer. Correct. But I want to get those old ones out first <laughs> that's more recent <laughs> anyway we have to do the thing of uh spin fuck my we're covering the show life Ooh, okay yep so it'll be a little hot second before we get packed to preacher yeah, because that's uh, two seasons, right? Yes. So the first season's 11 episodes, the next is 21. So 30-some total. Yeah, so uh, we'll see if we split season two in two parts or not. Season one will probably be one episode like Preacher was. Yep. So it'll be a hot minute till we're on to Preacher season two. Yep. So, um, and with life, I have seen the show. Justin has not. I didn't even know it existed. Yep, it has Damian Lewis, which I, who I love as an actor. Um, he was also in Still, Band. He was also in Band of Brothers and a couple other movies that I really like. I did not see Band of Brothers. I do not know who this person is. All right. <laughs> well, you will find out. <laughs> so yes, uh, I think that's about it, huh? I. Oh, what was on here that I thought? No, I was thinking uh, for a log series wheel. It'd be ironic if after Preacher we got the Good Place. Mm-hmm. I guess here it would be ironic if we got Dead Man Wonderland in a sense. I guess so. <laughs> Just because of the name, not really any other themes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, we should end the episode. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye. No. <laughs>